Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Alright, hello everyone, and hello to my two friends here who will tell you all about them. They're, they were awesome people. Uh, but first, let us speak of the prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for, for the gift of the life of Isaac and Crawford and, and their family and friends. Bless them in their work, bless them in their ministry, and bless them in all that they try to do to spread the good news to others. Protect them during this pandemic and their families as well. That all those who are sick may be healed if, it's, if it be in accordance to your most holy will. O oh God, who restore us to eternal life in the resurrection of Christ, grant your people constancy and faith and hope that we may never doubt the promises of which we were we have learned from you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Hello, so Isaac and Crawford, we met. Well, it's been let's see, six years since I've seen you last in 2014 when I left. Lancaster. Um, oh my gosh, that is so six crazy. years and a lot of changes. Finished school, got married, and all that. But um, but first, I want to see if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll we'll move from there. So, Isaac, you want to go first? Yeah, senior companion. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, like Philip was saying. So my name is Isaac. Uh, I'm from California, and I'm currently living in Los Angeles. Um, and so I met Philip when I served a two-year mission for my church, uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, for anyone who's unfamiliar, Mormons. Um, and I was in Pennsylvania. And for a time, I was in Lancaster. Um, and Philip was our downstairs neighbor. And so we had a great time. Uh, we, I don't know, we, we just knocked on this door and <laughs> got to know him a little bit. It was great. And we've stayed in touch since. Um, after my mission, I finished up school at Brigham Young University. I got a degree in uh, film and media studies, and I moved to Los Angeles. Currently, I work at a talent agency uh, as an assistant to an agent. Um, Philip, is there more that you want me to tell about? I guess I, I also got married in the past couple of years to a beautiful and amazing woman. Her name's Savannah, um, and she works in the uh, podcast industry, uh, and so she edits audio for a wow. startup um, podcast company. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Philip, anything else you want me to talk? You're better qualified for this than we are. That's <laughs> uh, right. Significantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you, Crawford? Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, so similar to Isaac, uh, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and uh, I, uh, Isaac and I served our missions together. And so 
um, you're paired with different companions for, you know, anywhere from six weeks to six months. So Isaac and I were together for three months. Uh, he was actually the first companion that I had when I came on my mission. So I, uh, I'm originally from Las Vegas and then moved all the way out to Pennsylvania where I was in Lancaster. Um, again, uh, you were, Isaac was a seasoned missionary when he met you. I was brand spanking new. Wow. And so uh, it was, uh, you know, it's a, a difficult adjustment period. And so meeting you and uh, you just being, you know, welcoming and friendly and courteous uh, meant a huge deal to me on my mission. Uh, it was a great experience and a great time. I was in Lancaster for uh, six months before I moved out. Um, but after that, uh, after my two years were complete, I also went back to BYU. Um, but instead of film, I studied finance. And so uh, just like film led Isaac out to LA, finance has led me to New York, uh, which is where I currently live. I work at an investment bank out here. And uh, sadly, unlike Isaac, I'm not married. Um, but dating actively, <laughs> I guess you could say, uh, I guess it's the goal. And uh, so that's, that's sort of where I'm at in my life and uh, my situation. Yeah, wow, that's good. Yeah, one's, one's in the West Coast and one's in the East Coast. So, it, so you were brought back onto the East Coast, seems like. I was, couldn't yeah. get enough. I think yeah. I'm maybe a, a good couple hour drive, I'm probably a two or three hour drive away from Lancaster. I need to make it back. Uh, yeah. Work is a little busy, but yeah, love it out here. When um, I remember the first time you and um, Isaac came into my my apartment, it's um, we sat down and I answered the question, you know, what are you going to study in school, blah, blah, blah. And um, but before you came along, um, it was Jordan. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan was your partner because on my phone for the longest time, it's always elders. Um, Right and how I, I, I never changed it to Kate. <laughs> so long after he was gone. But yeah, I I think we had maybe one or two dinners with Jordan, and then he was gone, and then Crawford came in, and um, and it, it was a very good time. Um, yeah, he was off for greener pastures. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. It, uh, a lot of good memories of Lancaster um, and our friendship there. I feel like, yeah, we, we had, you came over, or we came over for dinner. Yeah. Maybe like once a month. I don't know. It's pretty frequent. You're an excellent host, Philip. Yeah. Uh, so, and an excellent conversationalist. A lot of interesting things. I remember your, uh, what was it? You had some really fat medical books in, yes. your, uh, in your apartment. You had, you're someone who's always learning, which I admired. So I also think that, the i think this is right i think the first mass i ever went to was with you yeah um, i think we went to mass with you once right. or maybe twice and i think you came to one of our services a couple times so right uh right. those were those were some great times yeah now did you have you gone to mass since i have um oh. so yeah i'm trying to think uh i actually i mean just in general um i think that one of my just big personal interests in life is religion Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously I have like my faith, but I'm just, I'm pretty inspired and fascinated by anybody who has faith and belief. Yeah. I think that's just very necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, during school, I took a few semesters off 
multiple times to go to different cities. Um, so I lived in Boston for six months. Um, even before going full-time for work, I came and lived in New York for six months. Um, so I uh, just kept getting drawn back to the East Coast. Um, but every time I'll try to go to, um, you know, every couple of months, I'll try to go to a different service. And so in Boston, I went to a couple of the churches down there. On Easter, I brought my parents and we went to this beautiful, I think it was a Presbyterian church. We've been to Trinity Church down the street in Manhattan. Um, so I always like seeing what those services are and, and kind of what people talk about and sort of the way that people practice. So your, yours was like was some of my first exposure to that. I, I don't know if I've been to, maybe besides like a bar mitzvah, I'm not oh, sure that I've been to like another... Probably the like, Catholics don't do bar mitzvahs. You know? It's like, I don't, think, I don't know, it's not exactly like going to temple. Um, so I don't think I've been to another religious service before I did mass with you. And, and now I've been to a whole bunch of them. So. Good. Wow. I, I'm very happy to hear that because, because you know, sometimes we can um, get so um, stuck in our own ways that we forget that the church is, is so much bigger than, than just the people that we think are just part of our own faith, but that God came, you know, Jesus came for all of us, not just those who profess, you know, you know, the Catholic Church or the Church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or, or, or any church. So, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm very happy because yeah. I, I do remember, because I remember you were selling your car, right? Were you doing that or something? Uh, on the mission? Yeah, or, or selling your car or- Might have been on bikes. <laughs> But it might have been our bikes. We didn't have a car while, while no, we were. No, no. I, I think when you went back home, because because oh. you were going to go to the East Coast or something. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Which is a, uh, that's I I know that that was probably for practical reasons, but but in the um in the gospel, I'm sure you've heard of the um the poor rich. I mean, the rich young man go sell everything and then come follow me. <laughs> So in some ways, you, you, you sort of did that. You stole your stuff and then you moved to the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. so. I might not have given all the proceeds from my car sale to the poor, but uh, hopefully it was with a charitable intent. <laughs> sure it was. Yes, I've always been um, <laughs> very good people. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I told you, but my, my first encounter with um, the missionaries was even before um, Isaac came in the picture, I think it was because Isaac, when you came, did you come with Jordan? No, I think Jordan's already there. I think there is. Okay. Uh, okay. Then it was because there were two other guys who were like big and tall. Because when I first moved in, to myself and Isaac. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Isaac's tall. tall. We really got a downgrade with us. But, um, but uh, why I why I I remember is because I was moving in, and there was no way that I could move my sectional into my place, because it was just me and one of my students. And I was like, I can't move this. And then here, this guy comes along. He comes. Oh, let me help you. So he brings it. You know, he brings it all by himself. Shoves it into the. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you remember, but I had a big a big house. It was. Yeah. And yeah. so. Um, you know, but even though in the process he he sort of he made a big hole in the door, but but he brought it in. I passed it up. No one knows. Okay, I passed it up. Um, mm. But um, yeah, so get what so you pay for, I guess. Great. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, that was the great introduction to the missionaries. Literally breaking down your door. <laughs> yeah. um, but but yet he helped me 
when I needed help because there was no way I would have gone that thing in, in, into the apartment if, if he wasn't there. And, and ever since then, I was very grateful. Um, but then I don't quite remember exactly when did we first meet. I'm not sure if if I came back in or we saw each other because I don't think I would have gotten, um, I would have went upstairs to, to say hi to him because I wouldn't, I didn't know where, where he lived until yeah. I met you guys. So. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that was, that was Jordan and I, and I think our idea just when we were living there was, you know, we're going out and we're preaching the, the gospel of Jesus Christ every day. You know, we're trying to stop people on the streets or knocking on doors, but like, I turned him and was like, Hey, do you even, do we know any of the people who live in our apartment complex? And we're like, Oh, not, not really. Um, so we were just like, Oh, well we should at least, you know, just get to know the people who are our next door neighbors. And so I think that was the impetus for meeting you the first time was maybe just knocking your door. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you enjoyed this stop by because, um, I, I think the very first one was, was during Easter, actually. It was, it was close to Easter. Because I remember giving you a card and you, you, you guys giving me a card back. Um, I have it in my house somewhere. But um, I love that. Wait, Crawford, were you there when we gave, when I, we gave him the card? Uh, I got there in July. So okay. Was, yeah. I feel like, Philip, I think the card that we made for you, we like, no, no. cut the letters out of newspapers. No, no, no. <laughs> no. And we Correct. glued them to a piece of paper. Correct. That was you it was very and rapid. Crawford. But the Easter card you guys bought from CVS probably because it was a a a Dayspring's card. Oh, it was a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen. The more effort, the more thought you put into it. You could say that the one with the cutout letters wasn't. Oh, I still have that. I still have that. It's in my house somewhere. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's in a box with the um, that little letter, the Easter card, and then on the note card, when you wrote your name in Chinese for me. Oh yeah, Isaac, remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember for that. for our viewers who may not know, um, <laughs> yeah. No, so, uh, my my grandfather's from mainland China. Uh, he immigrated when he was uh, when he was in college, and so I don't look at him a quarter Chinese. And so he taught me how to write my name in in Chinese. And so that was a low key thing that Philip and I bonded over. Yeah. And Crawford has really nice penmanship. <laughs> I know mind. that. Because um, he, on one of the cards, you drew, um, or drew slash wrote the, the P of my name in a very nice, interesting, <laughs> um, it's, it's not bubble letters, but it's a like, it's cross between bubble letters and, and calligraphy, that, that little P. So I, so I, I always remember how you, you have nice handwriting, but also you write very small, right? <laughs> also yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always said that Hallmark's, you know, lost a great talent when you decided to go into the finance industry. <laughs> I've, I've heard there's a great living to be made in uh, paper greeting cards these days. So uh, <laughs> I could always make a quick pivot over there. You could. Yeah. You're in New York. Anything's possible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think that, I mean, I... I'm, I'm glad that whoever that missionary was, I'm not sure if it was Howell or whoever his companion was that helped you, you know. Oh it, it was not, uh-oh, did you lose uh, power? We're still good. Oh, okay. Um, it was not Howell. Yeah. Power it was, yeah. it um, was not Howell. Yeah. Okay. But the other one who did it, I mean, obviously there's, uh, there's them being good neighbors, but I also think that 
you were an excellent neighbor to us. And mm -hmm. I think that that's more meaningful than, than you knew necessarily, or that most people recognize. I mean, um, I, I will, I will concede that missionaries are not always a welcome sight for every <laughs> passerby or, you know, bus traveler, um, which is fair, right? I mean, we want to chat with people and not everybody wants to chat. Uh, but I think that there is a lot to be said for <clears throat> we're young kids that, uh, I mean, I still don't know anything uh, yes, and I knew even less before. And so, uh, I mean, there's, there's elements of homesickness and, uh, you know, discouragement. And I felt like you were always um, a really good example of that for us because, you know, you were always uh, good to listen to how our weeks had gone and, and hopefully we could do a little bit of the same for you. And that, I think that meant a great deal to me, both when Isaac was there and, and after he had gone and uh, Andrade came in. Also, also Isaac left and then you had a new partner. I did. Like yeah. I don't know. Okay. So. I'll, just, I'll just add to what Crawford said because I think that's a really good point. Like, I mean, that's the kind of the essence, I think, of Christianity is being a good neighbor, like in all senses of the world. Mm -hmm. um and i think yeah it was definitely uh you know for a 19 year old kid like serving as a mormon missionary it was nice to meet somebody who was you know not a member of our faith but had a very strong faith in christ regardless and lived that faith and i think that was definitely shown in your example and how well, you always treated us i try my best and but you two were really good uh, witnesses to to Jesus Christ and his mission. Um, you're always friendly, always courteous. Um, now I know yesterday we were talking, sort of talking about, the, about this a little bit, but you know, there was a time, I used to work in the evenings. Um, I would work from six to 10 at some place. Um, and I would come back from, from the office and I found my, my kitchen flooded. Um, and you know, I said, oh, I need some help. Let me go upstairs, knock on the door, and says, "All right, guys, I sort of need some help. My um, <laughs> my water is overflowing." And and, and 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 you guys came down. This was probably past ten o'clock, and you guys were still came down. Well, Isaac was in his bathrobe. Crawford <laughs> were in, were in your um your your flannel, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And you came down and you yeah. helped. So so I was. You know, I, I felt very blessed during my time in Lancaster um, to, to have you guys just right up. No, you guys were upstairs, but to this side. Um, so. Well, and I think that, uh, I mean, w one of the little ironies that I think is amusing, uh, obviously you, Philip, are, you, I mean, you are, you are dedicated to the ministry, right? And, uh, and uh, the LDS faith, um, there are no besides the really the highest levels of, of the church, there's no full-time clergy, um, which I think is from really most other, other, you know, religious faiths I see is not common, right? You'll usually have a dedicated pastor or preacher or priest. Um, and so, you know, Isaac and I now are, find ourselves in industries that <laughs> for like lack of like a better phrase are probably not like, usually associated with all the virtues that you would want to find in Christianity. I mean, film has its reputation and uh, finance as well. And uh, I mean, Isaac and I have talked a little bit about this. I think it's um, interesting. I think that we both had instances where we've had our faith and our, 
you know, commitment to Christ uh, tested and questioned by people in our communities uh, or like our work environments. And, um, you know, I, I think that there is something to be said for, you know, being a, a witness of Christ at all times and in all things and in all places or kind of being the salt of the earth that, uh, you know, or the, you know, uh, what is it? The leaven that like causes the loaf to rise. Right. I mean, the Lord kind of needs us in different places. Um, and I found a lot of example uh, or opportunities, I guess, to be a missionary um, in small and subtle ways uh, or to talk about my faith because it's pretty unusual for sort of the environment that I'm in. And I'm sure that Isaac probably feels the same way. So I, I, it's fun for me to think about, you know, all of us being in pretty dramatically different environments and yet having this very core common belief in Christ and his gospel and kind of the way that we share that on a day-to-day basis. Well said. Have you Isaac, any, any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I mean, (laughs) Alfred hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, when people think, you know, Hollywood, they're not, you know, thinking of all of the Hollywood churches to go to. Uh, (laughs) But, um, well, yeah, it's like the verse in, uh, gosh, what is it? Timothy, be thou an example of the believers. Anyone going to back me up? I don't might know. be. I, 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 uh, I know the verse, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to cite uh, a <laughs> chapter or verse. Correct. Yeah. No, like there's, I feel like every day, like I'm in a situation less so since I've been in a complete uh, self quarantine, but you know, every day at work or, you know, just, I've been in a situation where either my faith actually comes up or, uh, either just my my values or the standards that I hold my to myself to as a Christian uh, come up, and it's you know it's kind of a mini choice that I have every day. So is this a time where I can uh, talk about what I believe in, or do I just kind of you know let the moment slide? Um, and it's you know you're you're always it always puts you a little outside of your comfort zone, but I've always been really grateful for those opportunities, but I've been able to talk a little about, about what really matters to me. Um, and I think those opportunities have been rewarding for me and for the people I've talked to. Um, yeah. Just being a, a light in dark places, I guess. And I'm sure hopefully of Savannah, um, helps you with that too. Helps you. Oh yeah. She's uh, an amazing example uh, of that as well. And very, you know, unafraid to to stand up for her beliefs. Um, Definitely and, the best thing that's ever happened to Isaac. He married yes. way up. That's a yes. It's a big blessing in his life, right there. And and you will have yours soon, I'm sure. Uh, listen, you, you'll be. I can't. I can't promise either of you will be the first to know, but you'll be right up there, like probably top. Okay. Five. I want to be top five, okay? Like oh, after you call your parents and like your siblings, maybe even before you call all your siblings. <laughs> you know, okay, got it, got it. Just choose like my top two favorite siblings and then slot you in there and then the rest of the family. Got it. Thank I'll, you. I'll walk that away. Yeah. It's big of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bold of you to claim that as well. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think that, you know, just going along with, with what he said, um, I found that there is a, a commonality in what a lot of people tend to believe. And I think that that um, produces a lot of empathy. Um, I think that oftentimes, I mean, I think in the world, there's a tendency 
to look at religion oftentimes as this source of conflict, right? And people say that all the time, how so many people have died from, from religion. Um, and to some degree, I can see why people kind of hold that stance. I think it is easy sometimes as you're trying to uh, live the gospel and keep the commandments um, to, to, to view the world with a little bit of suspicion and kind of rightly so, right? I mean, there are bad things out there and influences that we have to defend ourselves against. Um, and I think that I felt that as a missionary, right? I mean, it, it can be hard to love someone when they just told you to like <laughs> get, off, get off their property and like never come back, right? It's hard to like feel like a ton of charity for that person. And I, and I get that. Um, but I think that my experience in New York so far has been really interesting from the standpoint of just at interesting and odd times, finding like a lot of commonality with people. Um, and for instance, I took a, a trip with uh, a boss of mine mm -hmm. and we went to DC for a day to meet with a client. And uh, when we were getting an Uber to the building, we were sort of talking about him and he's married with a couple of kids and he said something to the effect of like, Crawford, like, I know you're religious, like, uh, like, what's your take on like, you know, long term being at the firm and, you know, being in the industry. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, well, like, having a family is important to me. And, you know, I, I don't think that work is everything for me. And, you know, I know that this job requires a lot now, but uh, eventually, I want to, you know, have a family and raise kids. And that, that's sort of the focus for me. Um, and, and kind of this like wave of relief sort of washed over his face where he was like, I feel the exact same way, man. And this has been hard for me. And I spend a lot of time away from my wife and my daughter. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad I have someone to confide into because not everybody is on the same page as that. And like, I'm glad I can talk to you. And that wasn't even like religious per se, right? But it was sort of a shared set of values. Um, and, and I see that a lot, you know, in other instances where, um, you know, people that have really different lifestyles than me really come to bat for me. Um, a lot of New York social life is uh, spending time at bars and, you know, uh, I don't drink. And so um, I've had a lot of friends that have, you know, so somebody's kind of like pushing a drink on me and they're like, you stay away from Crawford. Like he doesn't drink. Don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, Thank you. Like, I really appreciate that. You know, it's nice that people recognize, I think, your values and uh, whether or not that's the way that they choose to live their lives. I think people always respect it and uh, um, admire it and relate to it on some level and want to, like, help you live the way that you want to live. And I really appreciated that. And I'm glad you were able to um, to be, be that witness for your, um, yeah. like, you said he was your boss or your your um, a manager or something. Yeah, yeah, one of my managers. Yeah, and and it's and you were able to to give witness, you know, and and I think coming from from a young man, you know, who you know, it, it's it it was I'm sure it was very affirming for him to, to and and probably hopeful too to see that you know a young man is able to to recognize that that work. Doesn't really define him, but then, but but that family is, is, is such an important um, element, and, and in fact, you know, everything that we do ultimately stems from the family, and and I think and I think he was able to see that through you, which, which you know, thanks be to God that that you were able to 
to to be that witness for him. So. I mean, it's it's not often that me as a uh, as a bachelor gets to stand as a light for for marriage and families, but. I do have my moments and this is one of them. So yeah, I, Isaac's much more qualified in that uh, department, but uh, oh. still something I believe in. Honestly, like I feel like in enamely, especially in the, in the industry I am and in the job that I'm in, I feel like, you know, it's a bunch of 20 somethings uh, who are all assistants at this agency and I am the only one that is married. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so it comes up pretty on the regular. People are like, oh, so you're married? Like, like why? And I think <laughs> maybe, you know, the question is like, oh, like you're missing out, right? And mm. I and I, I just say like, you know, I have someone who I get to go home to. Like, I have someone who supports me and loves me and cares about me, um, and who I can confide in and. I think, you know, ultimately that's what a lot of people do want, you know, is they want someone they can trust. They want someone they can turn to. And, you know, that being kind of a, I don't know, it's, I guess it's kind of a, it's like a low key religious principle, not one that you'd think of, but just that marriages, you know, are, you know, ordained of God. And there's something that, you know, if you bring God into your marriage, it can be a tremendous source of strength and happiness. Thank you. Well, we'll we'll take a, a one minute break and we'll come back and then hopefully water yeah, and then hopefully we can hear about um, more about the how God has has worked in in our lives. So now right, before yeah. I I take a break, I want to show everyone a little picture. Uh -huh. I want to see if you guys remember this picture. All right. A little nervous. Yes. <laughs> remember this picture. Remember this. Oh, hey. wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> this My was hair. when I was moving out. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Look at that. Look at that. This is Crawford. Look at him. His <laughs> hair is different. Yeah. So, yes. All right. So, we'll be right back. Wow. That's a classic. Yes. All right. We're back. Now, Isaac, I know you have a, um, a phone call in a little bit. Yeah. So, I can probably take another, like, 10-ish, like 15 yeah. minutes, and then I gotta hop off. So I won't have, have, have you share first, and yeah. then you can leave, and then I'll have Crawford uh, finish up with his experience, if that's okay. Sure. okay. Yeah. Right. So, so Isaac, um, I was hoping that you could share with us a little bit about how God has worked in your life, how he has impacted your life, and maybe how he has continued to impact um, your life. Um, just a little yeah. bit, of, you know, yeah, no, uh, thank you for, for asking that. Um, I guess you know, when, you, when, you, when you said, you know, how has God impacted your life or how has God uh, affected your life? I mean, I think it's, it's almost a little bit like asking a fish, like, hey, how has water um, been a big part of your life? And I guess, you know, I feel like my relationship with God in a lot of ways has defined my life. Um, it's been a very big part of my growing up um and maturing into adulthood almost to the point like where if you were to ask me you know where would your life be without christ without god i i don't know how i could give an honest answer i feel like god's hand has been in my life and throughout uh many of the really crucial decisions that i've had to make um and i mean 
you know how it is like when you're when you're young it starts like you know my parents uh raised me um you know going to church every sunday and you know they would read scriptures with me and they would they taught me to pray and so for a long time i did you know i felt like my relationship with god was you know taught and encouraged my parents but i think you know there comes a point when uh you know you've had these spiritual experiences and you you know you feel the goodness or you see the goodness that comes from um trusting god but you kind of have to really you know put it on the line and decide if it's you know what does it mean to follow christ and is this something that i really believe to the point where i'm going to actively make it a part of my decisions and for me that was actually uh it was when i decided to serve a, a mission uh and to dedicate two years uh, to be a full-time missionary for our church um and I think that was, I mean, I had, I had always, I had prayed before, but that was, I think, getting on my knees to uh, ask my Heavenly Father, you know, is this the right decision um, to, you know, take a break from school to get my life in order to prepare to, you know, really devote myself uh, to God as a missionary. I felt like that was one of the first moments where I really, uh, really, really clearly understood how he can answer prayers and how he can can speak to you in a in a still small voice um and that feeling i remember i was i was 17 years old you know it was a feeling overwhelming of peace and assurance um and it's like yes this is the right answer and it's been something that i've you know kind of i've, I've filed away and i've tried to remember throughout my life um Throughout my missionary service, um, I saw God's hand in my life so many times. Um, and the people I met, you know, fellow missionaries, um, members of the church, and also people of other faiths. Um, I felt like I learned so much. And I felt like yeah, that was God shaping me and molding me into the person that he needed me to be. Um, and ultimately, my, my mission uh, I think paved the way for a lot of decisions in my life. And I'm not sure if I've shared this with you before Crawford. I might've. Um, and I don't, I don't think I've told Philip this. Um, I, uh, I was, when I was on my mission, I was really unsure of what I wanted to go into professionally. I wasn't sure what that next step in my career would be. Um, but I had received a blessing um, from a priesthood leader uh, in my church before I left on my mission that during my mission I would have that I would have my chosen profession confirmed to me uh, through the power of God and I took that promise very literally and I felt you know if I go out and during these two years if I serve my heavenly father with all of my heart my mind and strength I will get that answer um, and so you know I kind of tucked that away and I went off to be a missionary and I you know I just did the work and I did not really feel like an answer was forthcoming. You know, I was like, mm, well, the clouds have not parted yet. Um, I have not received any, you know, clarion call of trumpets like that on what I need to do. Um, I'm not, it, it didn't feel like I was getting an answer. And so that's, you know, six months in and then 12 months in and then 18 months in and suddenly you're looking at the 24 month uh, end point. I was like, well, okay, well, maybe I'm not doing something right. Um, and, and I think that was another turn point in my relationship with God because I realized, you know, that it wasn't enough of just, you know, knowing that God would answer my prayers. I think he also expects us to put in the work. 
expects us to demonstrate our own effort and our own um, will and desire. And then he rises to meet that. Um, and he sees our efforts and it's not like he's, you know, like daring us like, Hey, you know, can you put forth a lot of, but I think he wants us to see, to see us work and grow. And I really learned that as I, uh, as I prayed earnestly, as I thought back to my own skills and talents and I, you know, and I talked to people and I counseled with people who I trusted and who mattered to me. And, um, it was only about a month before I went home, uh, from my mission. And uh, when I was living in Pittsburgh that I, prayed to ask the Lord if I should go into the film industry. Um, it had been a feeling that had been growing for some time, um, but I was, I was worried. I wasn't sure, hey, is this the right choice? You know, is this a field where I can honor the Lord the way that I want to? But the answer overwhelmingly was um, that if I decided to, that, uh, that he would be with me and that he would bless me as I, uh, as I, sir, as I put him first even as I went to this new career. So armed with that decision, um, you know, that's what I kind of decided. I just, I dedicated myself towards once I returned from my mission. Um, and honestly, it's been such a huge source of light and guidance in no small part, because if I hadn't decided to go into the film industry, I wouldn't have met my wife, Savannah. Um, it was because of a film internship that I took while I was still in school that I moved to Los Angeles. And when I was in Los Angeles, um, I met her and she has been an answer to prayers um, just in terms of finding a, a righteous, um, kind and caring woman who, who supports me, who understands me and who encourages me to be a better disciple of Christ than I could be on my own. Um, and, you know, looking at where I am now in the film industry, um, it's it's definitely been a challenge. I would you know be lying if I had said you know there haven't been opportunities that I've uh, felt like I've had to turn down because I felt like they would be religious um, conflicts. Um, there's definitely been opportunities where I feel like, or there's been there's been instances where I feel like my faith has been um, a barrier towards what I would see like in my in my mind as like oh this is the right path for me to go. But I've, you know, I've learned to trust that God has a plan. And if that path that looks so ideal and easy to me is, you know, not the one that the Lord wants me on, then I've learned to trust him that, you know, there will be a better one. There will be another one. And it might be a little more circuitous, but it will be ultimately in the metaphorical sense, the straight and narrow. Um, and I mean, I guess just to sum up, like, uh, Jesus Christ has blessed my life so much. Um, and I've been so grateful knowing that he is someone who I can turn to both for su support and, and succor, but for forgiveness um, and for strength when my own feels like it's lacking. Um, and and I, I know that he is my savior and my redeemer. Um, I know that his power is real. I know that he suffered and he died for us. And I know that more than anything else, more than what I do in my career, more than, um, you know, what I do on a day-to-day -day basis, that relationship with Christ is uh, ultimately what, what matters most and is most fulfilling in the long run. And um, I guess I'll leave that with you in, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Isaac, that was a very powerful witness and testimony to to God and, and the work he's, he's done in you and, and that he's, he's continuing to do in your life. You know, I, I think you do great things and I think you will do the things that God has in store for you, for, for you to do for his glory. And, and, and I'm glad that you have a partner, a wife who supports you, who encourages you, but also challenges you to, to be a better um, disciple. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, and I'd be, I'd be remiss, you know, like I touched on this a little bit, but you guys have been great examples to me, both of you, um, just in the, the Christian life and just, um, and in the value of, you know, just keeping the faith. Like, and so, yeah, I want to thank you, Philip, before I have to sign off, I want to thank you for organizing this. It's really been, a, it's been, I don't know, I needed it, you know, talking with you guys has been great. And be assured of my prayers for, for you. You know, I, I tell you all the time, since we were in, in, in Lancaster, you know, I pray for you. And at mass, I, I, I pray for your intentions, you know, um, and 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 I know God, God will walk with you. And and sometimes when we feel that God's not walking with us, it's it's probably because we're not walking with Him. And and true. But but when that time comes, Savannah will sort of say, Isaac, come on, <laughs> right? And then get back. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to sign off. But let me real fast. Right. Let me meet Savannah, and then I'll uh, let yes. you go. Yes. You look. I haven't spoken to her in person. We can. Real fast. Okay, Samana, this is Hello. Hello. And this is Crawford. I don't know, have you met Crawford before? Have you talked to him? I feel like I have, yeah. Yeah, that's right, okay. Anyway, so yeah, so Crawford now, we're missionary companions. Philip was our downstairs neighbor when I was living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, um, he is since uh, joined ministry, and he is married uh, wow. to be a Catholic priest. Look at that, like, Congrats. talk about a great Zoom background, first of yeah. all. Yeah, uh, <laughs> beautiful. Me, me or, or or Crawford. You, Philip. Oh, me. Yeah, oh, um, so over here, we have the crucifix, right? Our Lord died in Rosary for us. So this is our tabernacle. And in the tabernacle, we put our Lord, so what you guys call the sacrament, right? We call Holy Communion, which is right. the true presence of Jesus. And he's always here. And if you see to the side, you see a, a little red lamp. Well, but, um, you see it, that land shows us that if it's lit, that means it's present. And, um, and of course, we have some angels. And then over here, we have some, we have Mary, because she's the mother of God, right? Or, or the mother of Jesus. Yeah. Over here, we have St. Joseph, the foster father. So, so this is actually just our small chapel where we. And, and, and those who sit and pray together. So, yeah. oh, that's cool. Nice. That's, that's yeah. a little chapel. <laughs> okay. Hey, well, Philip, I, I got to run. Yeah. Um, thank you. I'll yeah, be in touch. Great seeing with you. Send me the, I don't know if you'll, you're going to post these. I don't know where you're going to post them, but send me the link because I want to hear what Crawford says. I'm sure it'll okay. uh, be just a magnificent outpouring of the Spirit. Um, All right. Take care, Isaac. Okay. Bye. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, Phil, send me that picture that you uh, that you showed too. I think I've got oh. it somewhere, but send it to me. Okay, I will. That's a treasure. All right, see you guys. Yeah. Take care. Crawford. All right. Just us two. Yeah. Um, so, 
how has God worked in your life where if there was a couple of moments in your life where you really felt um, God working in you? Yeah, um, I, I think that a lot of what Isaac said really resonated with me. And I think if there's a, sort of a way that I would describe the way that God works in or has worked in my life and that I hope he continues to work in my life um, is personal revelation um, to guide my decisions. Uh, I think that that means a great deal to me. Um, it, there's a part in uh, the Old Testament when Jehovah is leading the Israelites and he says, like, I will be uh, round about you and like go before you. And right. you know, that's sort of what, uh, what, I mean, that's exactly what uh, Christ continues to do for us today. Um, I think not only does he go before us in preparing the way and, you know, creating opportunities for us, um, but he's also with us on a day-to-day basis. And I don't think that that's just limited to, um, I mean, I think that God wants us to be happy and uh, that we're on this earth to be happy and the commandments are intended to make us happy. Uh, So that's kind of like, I, I guess sort of, when I think about the way that God interacts in my life, it's, it's that way. Um, I'd say that they're probably, I mean, I, I journal and I, I try to record elements of my life. So, you know, thousands of memories I have of, of ways that I felt like I was guided and directed. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe four that would be kind of useful um, benchmarks. And I don't know if maybe I'll, I'll, you know, die and uh get up to judgment and i'll realize that those were like not the most four important by a mile but like these are ones that i think are are particularly special to me um where i feel like i was guided um i think that one of the first ones for me was um when i was uh 15 years old and uh, i went to a youth camp um i think most churches try to have youth camps where they sort of give people exposure to, uh, you know, spiritual experiences. And um, one reason that I think that those are effective are that you're kind of out of your element. And I think that a lot of times in order for God to speak to you, you, you have to be away from your environment and your surroundings. Um, a lot of times prophets go up into mountains because I think God wants us to put in effort and to be a little bit out of our comfort zone so that he can speak to us and so that we're ready to listen. And so that was it for me. I mean, I didn't go into a mountain, but I was at a youth camp far away from my family and with new people. And I remember one evening um, they asked us to kind of share our, you know, personal testimonies of, of what we believed in and what we thought and, and had faith in. And uh, I just remember that night being a very powerful experience for me. Um, one where I, I, you know, for, I had experienced it throughout my life, but I very powerfully felt the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, and I remember distinctly feeling like I, I never want to do another bad thing, right? I just want to do good things. And spoiler alert, I did more bad things. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the nature of life, right? I mean, nobody has a moment and they're perfect, right? But I think that it was the first time that I sort of felt this desire, like I felt that kind of pure desire. Um, sort of what God wants us to be like, right? Where it's not like we're living our lives just in this constant state of suppressing evil desires. It's that we feel this constant desire to reach for the good. And I, and I sort of felt that for the first time. And I think that uh, high school for anybody 
is sort of a rough and weird experience. Um, there's a lot going on. And I think that that experience, especially as I was getting into high school um, and you're exposed to a lot and kind of confused as to who you are, made a great deal of difference in, in my life. Um, the other one was more about kind of a decision that I made and, and maybe a way that I saw the Lord preparing the way for me. Um, when I was 16, I had a family reunion and my grandfather was there. And my grandfather shares my name. We're both named Crawford Gates. And uh, we, he was quite old at the time. And he was talking to me. We were in a, a room alone and he was sort of reminiscing on his life. And he said something to the effect of, and uh, for backstory, he is a musical composer. Um, so a really musical guy. He's written a lot of hymns for the church. And uh, he went off to college when he was 16 years old, which is kind of insane to me. But he was talking about this experience that he felt like he had this strong desire to move forward. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know what it was, but I felt like at that moment, the spirit spoke to me and said, like, it's time for you to move forward in your life. And I had no idea like what that meant. Um, and uh, it ended up being um, kind of translating into my mind to like, you should graduate high school early and go off to college now. And I was like, I don't, okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'll, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll look into it. Um, anyway, as we looked into it and I told my mom about this and I said, I had this really interesting feeling while I was talking to granddad about maybe I should go off to college now. You know, I'm, uh, I'm 16. I'll be turning 17. Why don't I go off when I'm 17? And she said, okay, we'll look into it. And we went into my guidance counselor and they said, this doesn't happen. Right. I mean, like graduating early, there's like the state has prerequisites and classes that you need to take. You need to take, you know, four years of math, four years of English, you're a sophomore right now. You just won't be able to complete that. Um, and so we were in this room and, and she was looking through my files and she said, wait, uh, let me look into something really quick. She went back through all my files and uh, it had so happened that in both um, math and English, these subjects that you needed four years of, um, for whatever reason, I had, back in middle school, I had had these, like I'd been bumped up in both of these levels very randomly. Um, and, uh, and so it turned out, sorry, my light just went off. It, it's kind of on a timer. Oh, there we go. It turned out that for whatever reason, I had all the credits that I needed to graduate and I just needed to double up on like one class and I would be good to graduate. Um, and, uh, I thought, I mean, it, it was just so interesting for me to have this feeling and feel like I'm going to go for it. And then to say, absolutely not. And then look back and say, wow, actually everything is in place. You could do this. Um, and so I did it. Um, and, uh, I don't, I mean, it, you don't, you don't really know, you know, what all the Lord has in store for you for, for the choices he leads you in. But I went off to BYU. Um, I met six very good friends that are still my closest friends to this day. I met those freshman year that I wouldn't have met. I got, you know, a year to be a college student before I went on my mission. Um, it allowed me to, uh, you know, be on my mission at the time that I was, which was an amazing experience. Um, and it just put me in the right position for a lot of things that I have felt since um, the Lord was guiding me toward. And uh, obviously, you know, it means a lot more, I guess, since it's my life and I kind of knew 
what the circumstances were, but I felt like that was one of those interesting things where I felt like for whatever reason, the Lord had set these things up and then prompted me at the right time to move in this direction. Um, I think the, uh, the third one, uh, and I'll, I'll try to make this brief, but I'll, I'll probably keep it to, to just these four. The third one, I was visiting my brother-in-law and sister out in North Carolina. And I, I actually had this uh, sort of thought that maybe I should transfer schools. I really liked BYU, uh, but the program I was going into, I was like, maybe there's a better school that I could go to. And, and maybe that would be a good opportunity for me. So I, was, I remember I was praying a lot. I was reading the scriptures, kind of trying to uh, sort of figure out what the right choice was. Um, and so this one evening I knelt down and I prayed and I said, Heavenly Father, I don't know if this is the right choice. And I'm kind of open to whatever is the right choice. Just got, like, help me know what the, what the right thing is. Um, and I opened up the scriptures and there's a passage uh, that I read in the Book of Mormon, uh, you know, LDS scripture. And, and the words were to the effect of um, the Lord can make weak things strong for you. Um, and through our strengths, show us how to improve our weaknesses. Um, and for me, that was significant because I felt like BYU was like a weaker school uh, in terms of the program I was going into. And, and sort of here was this passage that said, you trust in some weak things and I will make these strong for you. Um, and so right then I felt like, no, the answer is not to transfer. It's to stay at the school I am and, and, and do things here. Um, and at least, you know, in some sort of career sense, I feel like my goals for kind of the, the career I've wanted to have so far have really taken shape in a way that some people that look at my background and what school I came from are pretty uh, incredulous of, right? They're like, I can't believe you, you made it to here in New York from BYU. Like not a lot of people come from there, right? And I, I've always attributed that to the Lord pointing me in the right direction and saying, trust me on this one because I can lead you to, to a path that will be helpful. Um, Anyway, I think the, the last one that I'll share uh, was one that happened, uh, which was on my mission. And uh, I just remember having an experience on my mission where um, I, I was just a little confused, not, not about anything in particular. I just felt like, you know, things weren't really working out. And um, we had people that we were teaching that were, you know, really struggling to make changes in their lives. And that was sad and frustrating for me. And, uh, you know, I, when those things start to happen, then you start to feel like, why am I out here? And, you know, you kind of get those doubts as I think everybody does at moments in their lives. Um, and I remember kneeling down and praying and, uh, I just sort of said, you know, Heavenly Father, I know that things are hard now and I don't need an answer about these things. And I don't need these things to resolve now or ever, but I just want to commit that like, I'm in this for the long haul right? Like I want to be a disciple forever. And there's going to be things in the future that I won't understand and circumstances I can't even predict that I'm sure I'll get into that I'll say, wow, this is confusing and upsetting and I don't know where to go, but like I'm in it and I want to be a committed disciple for you. And uh, that was a very spiritual moment for me where I felt sort of a warmth and a peace and just a reassurance. And it didn't solve all the problems that we were going through and, and all the confusions I had. Um, but it was the reassurance to help me understand that there was a path forward and, and, and a way that I could, I could get through it and that I could trust in the Lord. Um, and so I did think just to recap, I mean, 
these all have different implications. Some of them are more spiritual. Some of them are, are kind of career oriented, but I think the Lord cares about every part of our lives. Um, I think he cares about, uh, you know, uh, our happiness and, and our, our spirituality, but he cares about our career success. He cares that we have friends. He cares about our family uh, and our personal relationships. And I think these are moments in my life that I felt like a confirmation that the Lord was with me. And uh, you don't get those kinds of things every day, but when they do come, I think they help you to move forward and say, I'm ready to take a next step. And it rekindles your faith and, and helps you to kind of move forward and, and not give up on the path. So. Yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing those, those four points. And I think they're, you know, ones, I guess they're from each stages of your, of your uh, life, you know, and, and I think um, your last point about um, sometimes maybe it's a sense of feeling, you know, I, I don't know why there's no progress or I don't know why it's not working or um, X, Y, Z, but, and, and, and perhaps you might um, experience this, um, similar things in your career too, maybe, but, but always, you know, but we, we, we must always remind ourselves that the work we're doing isn't really about us, right? Yeah. It's, it's about the other person and it's, it's about God. And so maybe God is just using us to plant little seeds, seeds that may grow up to be you know, flowers and trees that we may not see. But nonetheless, God somehow used us very unworthy instruments, right? Unworthy yeah. sowers to plant that little seed. And that could have been what that person needed. Maybe not, maybe they couldn't see it then. But later on in their lives, they were able to look back, oh, I remember that little, that kid that was on mission. <laughs> and, he, and he talked to me about this. I thought he was, he was really weird then. But now <laughs> I can see it. Like I can see yeah. what he was trying to tell me, you know. And and the same with you now in your work, right? With with just saying, yeah, I don't think work is all is everything. I want a family. I want a life. I want <laughs> a spiritual statement around here. Yeah. yeah. And so, but you know, keep keep being. Um, um, wait, what did you just say? Well, controversy. Controversial, yeah. yeah. So keep being controversial yeah. because our Lord in an early church, right? I'm sure you remember with in with St. Paul and St. Peter and all those people. Yeah. Um, they were being martyred. They were being persecuted. Yeah. Because they were living a countercultural life. Because for the Greeks and the Romans, no, this, we have all these all these gods. We must do it this way. They were saying, no, but this is the truth. This is the one true God. And so they were living a countercultural life. And so the same life that they were living then, we are living in now. Christianity has, has always been countercultural because a culture is a culture of death, right? The world tells you, do this, make yourself happy, do all these things. But we know as Christians, we know that to be a Christian means to follow the way. And our Lord says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And to follow Christ means to lay down our lives. And I think you understand that. And I think you're, you're able to communicate that to um, those in your workplaces and, and one day to your wife and to your children. And um, yeah. so, so, you know, please, please um, 
don't forget to let me know when you do find someone. <laughs> and um, absolutely well. Sure, it'll be a day. So, but thank you for speaking with us and for taking time out of your day. I know it's you know go, go at the bed soon, but um, uh, why don't you, if you can, lead us in prayer? Of course, I'd be happy to. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful for this opportunity that we've had um, for Philip and Isaac and myself to gather remotely um, and be able to discuss the things of the Spirit and to discuss thy gospel and thy word. And we recognize that in these times, uh, as the coronavirus is sweeping across the earth and as there's a lot of confusion and, and doubt and uncertainty about health and jobs and uh, there's a lot of fear that uh, this represents an opportunity for us to grow closer to thee and to rely more fully on that word and to see miracles in our lives and we ask that those who have heard this message and um, are able to tune in will be able to feel that peace we're grateful for the efforts of philip in spreading the gospel and in uh, being a light and an example and we're grateful for for him and and for thee for uh providing this opportunity for us to share these things. We ask that those who watch this will be able to feel inspiration and revelation in their lives for the things that they can do to draw closer to thee and to improve and to feel comfort and peace through the Holy Spirit. And these things we humbly pray with deep gratitude for all that we receive from thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you for that beautiful prayer. Um, I have no doubt that God will continue to work good things through you. Um, and and you know keep keep bearing witness and, you as well Philip. really appreciate putting this together this is incredible yes. and hopefully we can talk and talk with each other again soon of course yeah i i look forward to getting the link to this and uh especially that picture it's uh good yes. to reference on on good old times yes when your hair was not was not I, like that so. i know maybe, maybe i'll have a haircut by the next time we do one of these yes, things that'll be good but, um, but until then, you stay and my well. Mom will feel the same way. What's that? You and my mom will feel the same way about my haircut right now. But do you like it? Uh, it could use a trim. I admit okay. that. No, no open barbers in New York City, so this isn't totally yeah. voluntary. Well, then, you know, but you still look fine. So, yeah. so don't worry too much about it. Yeah. But, um, all right, I'm not, I want to stop the video for the folks. Great. Well, thank you for joining us this time. We hope to see you next time. Take care and God bless. For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at www.belovedsonministry.org.